Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at houseplanthomebodyllc. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. Happy New Year, everyone, and happy 50th episode of Houseplant Homebody. I thought I'd start out this 50th episode talking about one of my favorite plants, and you probably see it on my stories on Instagram or Facebook, maybe every week or so, the asparagus fern. I just find these plants to be so beautiful, and I freaking love that they grow so fast. And I feel like they are very easy, and I think they have a really fun texture that not a lot of houseplants have. Usually it's very heavy foliage, but this is very different to break it up. So I love these plants. Mostly obsessed, I think, with the fast growing and how big they can get because, you know, I live in America. Everything needs to be bigger and better, right? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to talk about varieties of asparagus fern. I did, obviously, the research for it. I had a few books that actually had them in it. All of them had a different variety in it, but there's like three main ones that I have come across working at the garden center, shopping, and just perusing online too. So all of these varieties have these in common. These plants look like really fluffy, green-needled plants. And they all actually have small thorns on them. Trust me, the thorns aren't that bad. They like poke you, but they're not going to like harm you like a cactus would. And they're not going to like stick in you like a cactus would. Maybe. Don't take my word for that. But they're not that bad. But I mean, in general, just be careful when handling the actual foliage. Don't go petting it because you will regret that. So the three varieties that also have the green needle looking fluffy plant that grows kind of like in somewhat of a shrub-like form, but eventually hangs over because of the weight of the stem. So there's Asparagus densifolaris sprengeri. These can grow over four feet wide. Usually the plant gets much wider than it does taller, simply because everything's hanging over with the weight of it. Mine right now is probably about, my largest one is probably about maybe three feet wide right now. And they just keep getting bigger. The new stems themselves are up to three or four feet long. So I have all of the springeri varieties in my house. I like them better than the next two I'm going to talk about just because I've dealt with them a lot more and I like the look of them a lot more. And I believe they're faster grower because they're going to be a larger variety in general. And usually you can find these ones in hanging baskets at garden centers in peak season as well. 
So it starts an upright growth for the most part with the stem when it shoots out and eventually it becomes trailing with the weight, like I said. So the next one is Asparagus densifolarus myri. This one does stay a little bit smaller, maybe around two feet, and it's commonly called foxtail fern. So all of these are technically asparagus fern, but this one specifically is commonly called foxtail fern because of the way it looks. It has a really upright, dense, conical-shaped, foliage-covered, almost needle-looking covered stem. It looks like, you know those really trendy Christmas trees that are happening and it's like I don't know if it's wire or what it is or just synthetic fabric that's wrapped around a wire and they're really trendy right now. People will do them in multiple colors and it's just like a little little Christmas tree that stands. They look like that. Sorry if you didn't understand what I said at all, but I think most of you do. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the Myeries stay much smaller and the stems stay much more compact and dense and a little bit more upright than the the sprungeri does. And that's literally the only difference between the two of them is the size and the kind of the end of how the stem looks. Besides that, they have very similar leaves. I mean, they look like needles, their leaves, and the exact same color. The next one is asparagus plumosus, which was actually previously named asparagus cetacers, I believe. So if you see asparagus cetacers, the plumosus is the same thing. This variety is much more feather-like foliage, so it looks a lot softer than the other two. And the overall growth shape is still very similar to the other two where it's a little bit more upright. But in this case, this plant, the specific variety, can be trained to climb up something. So it can be trailing, but you can also allow it to climb things. Just like you could, like a Monstera donsoni could be a trailing plant, but you can also train it as well. Because it can climb, it's kind of hard to find a accurate mature plant size. So Missouri Botanical said in nature they get 10 to 20 feet tall or long, whatever it is. I would say in your own house, it's however long you're going to let it get kind of and what environment you have for it. But I think it's safe to say that it will probably get about six feet, if not above that, if you give it the right environment. Now you can trim any of these back. If you want the sprungeri to be a lot smaller, then you can keep trimming it back. I know when mine gets kind of leggy if I don't have it in enough light, which I'll go over obviously in a second, I always trim it back up, put it in more light and try again kind of thing. So those are the three main varieties that you can find in asparagus fern. I also want to mention the feather-like foliage, the asparagus plumosus, is also commonly found as kind of terrarium plants because they're super different texture, really, really cute as foliage plants in a little terrarium. So the other two I've mostly seen in six to larger hanging basket size. Um, but I also got a couple of the sprungeries in like your normal four inch annual container. And that's how I started that baby. So it got, it got huge. But anyway, Okay, so those are the three main varieties. I just wanted to go over them in detail since there were only three, but obviously they're all green. They all have a similar shape to them, obviously slightly different for each. The only one that has a different growth habit for the most part is the plumosus variety of asparagus. The other two are going to be upright eventually if the weight of it takes over, it's going to trail. So that's that. So we're going to jump into the sun water requirements 
and fertilizer. Okay, so asparagus fern prefer to be in bright indirect light, and that is best. That will give you the densest foliage, the brightest green, the fastest growth, you know, everything. But they're totally fine in medium light as well. So I've kept mine in, I think, literally about every environment I possibly could. I had mine in a north window. I had it off of a north window. I've had it in east, west windows. I've had it under grow lights. Currently, I have a lot under grow lights. We're using these for our wedding as well. And I, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, but I got part of my tattoo added to and fixed up on my arm. So asparagus fern is on there. Um, but I've had them everywhere and they all grow really well. It's just a matter of how dense you want the foliage. If you're just looking for length and you don't really care that much, keeping it in medium light is totally fine. They'll still look great, but it's just not necessary to put them there. The other thing I would recommend is just keeping it out of direct sunlight simply because the foliage turns almost like a yellow tinted green if it's in too much light kind of like fades in a way to a yellowish so that's not cute so let's not do that most of the time we don't really have direct sunlight as houseplant parents a south window is the closest you're going to get but like my south windows are obstructed by a building like halfway through the day so it's not really direct full direct sun all day but you know whatever. If you have a direct south window all day long, don't put it there. Okay, so water requirements is next. These need medium moisture, and I almost wanted to put medium to high moisture, but I thought that was extreme because to me, high moisture is being like constantly wet, like a maidenhair fern, but that's not true with these. These just can never dry out completely. I'll put it that way. Underwatering them causes the leaves or the needle-like leaves to yellow and drop almost immediately. It's best just to keep them pretty moist. Always water this plant more than you do your other plants. And keep in mind, when the leaves drop, because they're the little tiny needles, they are a mess to clean up. So if you really are bad at watering or you're an underwaterer like I am, I am notorious for underwatering. This is, I think, why I kill 90% of my houseplants. Then this might not be the best plant for you. Now, I love this plant and I'm really bad at watering and I always underwater. So I don't mind the cleanup, honestly. The plant will bounce back and it's overall totally fine as long as you're just doing it consistently and watering it like you should. But I water it with my other house plants, which is at least like once a week or once every two weeks. Now that it's winter, it's about like once every week and a half. So I should be watering it more often than all my other ones, so sometimes if I remember, I'll water it extra, but that's just something to keep in mind. Um, this plant is overall poisonous or toxic, so keeping it out of the reach of kids or pets when the needles drop, that would just be smart. Also, the fact that it has thorns in it could become a problem too with kids and pets as well, but anyway, I always say this plant is low maintenance, but my dog couldn't give a crap about my plants and I don't have kids. So for a parent, this might not be the most low maintenance plant, but it's a really good reliable plant that will grow really, really fast. So it's definitely one to consider. I'm not trying to steer you away from it. I'm just trying to give you all of the facts. In regards to humidity, I don't have any extra humidity on mine currently, nor do I give it to them, nor do I plan on ever giving it to them. And they're doing great, but low to medium, is totally fine for them. So if you have it near a humidifier or something, obviously it will help, but extra humidity, not needed. 
Okay, so fertilizer. Again, I always say the same thing. It's up to you what you do. I use Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer. And I fertilize, now I fertilize, I think, once or twice in winter total, which ends up being like every other month, I believe. The only plants I'm fertilizing more are the wedding plants. So asparagus fern I am watering more. And my trailing philodendrons I'm watering more because I want them to keep growing. And everything has still new growth coming. I don't have any plants that just stopped growing. So that's why I still fertilize in winter and I just don't completely stop. Obviously, except for like the caladiums and stuff like that. Those aren't watered or fertilized or anything. Okay, but... I always do about um, maybe about three-fourths to a half of the recommended amount of fertilizer just because I would rather under than over fertilize, but that's also just me. So I have two different sources that talked about fertilizing asparagus fern. There was Houseplants, a guide to choosing and caring for indoor plants, which read the plant will yellow in full sun and if it is under fertilized, it's a heavy feeder. So I just, I know that's not like a lot of care tips on how to do it, but I just want to put that in there saying that it is a heavy feeder. Based on how fast this thing grows and how much moisture it uses and like honestly how big the root system is, it is a heavy feeder and it's going to like a lot of fertilizer. So this might not be your plant to skip the fertilizer on. And the other one I have was the Practical Houseplant book. It says apply half strength balanced liquid fertilizer once a month from spring to fall. So again, that's like the super basic generic fertilizer advice. So again, it's up to you, totally up to you, what you use, how you use it, how often you use it. I know people that never use fertilizer. I've been using fertilizer, but I just changed it up to the Fox Farm one since it was a liquid. So up to you. Okay, let's go into propagation and other facts. Okay, so propagation is not very exciting because really the only way to do it is by dividing the whole plant. So the root system is super dense and it has like very fleshy root system and they have tubers which are along the root system as well. I'm not sure if you've ever seen them. They look like little bulbs basically. So you can just take a really sharp knife and cut through the whole root system. It will be fine. It's like splitting an iris or a hosta, honestly. It's like the same deal. These things are pretty resilient. So dividing is the only thing. I did try to actually propagate them in other ways. It failed epically. So dividing is really the only way to do it. The other facts are this is part of the Asparagaceae family or the Liliaceae family based on what cultivar you're getting into. I believe the three we're talking about are the Asparagaceae family, um, but I thought that was interesting that the asparagus fern, depending on what it is, may be part of the Liliaceae family. These are native originally to southeastern Africa, and I also want you to keep in mind that these are considered invasive in multiple states in the United States and Australia. So they're invasive in Florida, Texas, Southern California, and Hawaii. So just be really cautious if you're using them as uh, a plant outside in a container or in your home. You want to make sure you're not throwing out the plant like in your backyard or something because it could take over. Now, there could be other places this is invasive as well, so I would just uh, make sure you do your research, but those are the places I found as I was doing my research. I also want to throw out there that I'm sure there's other plants I am talking about over this whole 
podcast journey here that are also invasive. So I know like pothos way back when, when I did that podcast, that's invasive for sure. So just do your research if you're in warmer climates to understand if that's a good plant to have. As a houseplant indoors, if you're not doing anything else with it, but having it, it's pretty safe for the most part. You just want to make sure when you're cutting back the plant or throwing out part of the plant, you're doing it correctly. Side note, I guess. Okay, so in nature, asparagus ferns are pretty big. The stems alone, obviously depending on the variety, can get upwards of six feet long. And by that, I mean like six feet long on like one side. You know, like the plant, like when it droops over, there's like, you know, multiple sides to it. They get big. In your home, if these get pretty leggy, I talked about this earlier, you can move them into more sunlight because more than likely it's just not enough light, but maybe cut them back, see if it regenerates with thicker, fuller growth. Also, something I learned is that these natively have flowers. They have tiny pinkish white cluster flowers on the stems during the peak growing season. It's said from like spring to fall, which is crazy. There are also a female and male plant of asparagus fern, kind of like there's female and male holly bushes around here and winterberry. So they can have a red berry, the female plants can as well after it flowers. Only really the mature plants really get the flowers and the berries and they have to receive enough light. So you might not see it on a houseplant. It's probably pretty rare, especially since to get like the berry, they got to be pollinated and everything. So that's that. And then these are toxic to pets and humans. So I mentioned that earlier as well. So since the needles drop, that's just really important to keep in mind. Because the needles drop and they're a little bit messier than your normal plant, they could cause problems. So just make sure you're putting it in a safe place. Or these are amazing patio planters in for the people that are in colder weather and you want to buy one quick, they are really, really fast growers. Okay, let's dive into the Instagram Q&A now. All right, we got three questions for today. And I just want to remind everyone that the Instagram Q&A is just going to continue to be a thing. Whether anyone asks a question or not, I'm just going to keep having it available to anyone that might have a question. So I call it Instagram Q&A, but it's just on my Instagram and Facebook stories. And I basically say, hey, the next podcast is this. You have any questions? Nine times out of 10, I'm doing it like one of the three days before I record. So I know yesterday I put this question up, which means I got three questions yesterday between then and now. And I'm going to answer them here and I do put them in the blog as well. So if you know what episode is coming up, because I usually, if I remember, announce it at the end of the podcast episodes, the very end, like the chat afterwards, or if you're adding the newsletter and you see ahead of time what's coming, you're welcome to message me and say like, hey, I know Asparagus Fern is coming up. I didn't see anything in your story. I have a question. Can you answer it in the podcast? And I will absolutely do that or whatever you want to say. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Ask me whatever. Say, yo, Asparagus Fern's coming up. I have a question. Say what you want. Okay. The first question is, I noticed some of their stems are bare when they grow. How quickly do leaves slash buds come in? So that's the, I think that's the cool thing about this plant is that it kind of comes in stages. So the initial like middle stem of the plant comes in first and the tip of it looks like asparagus. I'm not kidding. I have pictures on my blog posts, so go look at it. 
And then from there, there are other stems that shoot out on that original stem all the way up and down it. And then from there, there are stems with leaves that shoot out off of those stems. So that is why there's like a giant explosion of foliage all the way down it. So I would say it probably takes, from what I've seen, a few weeks, depending, I guess, how big the plant is and how big the stem is and what kind of light it's in and everything. I believe it takes a couple to a few weeks for the whole stem to get really full. So, for example, I have a big asparagus fern downstairs near a grow light and it has like five giant new stems on it and they started shooting up maybe a week ago and they're just starting to grow the extra stems on them. So, I have a feeling it's going to take another week or two before I really see it to be really dense and full. The next question is how big can asparagus fern get? Do they need a lot of space to grow? How fast do they grow? So, I know I talked about this in sections earlier, but let's sum it all up. So, how big do they get? Really depends. The foxtail fern, that's a little more compact, gets about two-ish, maybe three feet wide, kind of tall because they they kind of stay more upright than the other ones do. The springery, I don't know if I'm saying that right correctly, by the whatever, but it's fine, whatever. I don't know if I'm saying it right. The springery gets about, I'd say six at most in your house, but don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. And then that asparagus plumosus can get pretty big because it is either trailing or it can be trained to grow climbing. So the springery or the foxtail fern is going to be your most commonly found in the larger sizes. That being said, if you're getting the springery, I would make sure you have a lot of room widthwise. It's not really going to grow up, it's going to grow out. So at first when the stem comes out, it is upright because there's not a lot of weight on it. Once it gets all of the stem, the uh, the extra stems and the extra foliage and everything on it, then it becomes weighted and it kind of trails. So I would say make sure you have a wide space for that. If foxtail fern, I would say a couple of feet, but that's going to be wide and tall. And then the other one, the plumosus, I would say give it at least a few feet. It kind of depends on how you're going to treat it. If you're going to allow it to trail or if you're going to let it climb, you can kind of manage the size of that one. And you can really manage the size of any of them. You don't have to let any of them get as big as they do. I just love the big giant asparagus ferns. That's like, to me, what they're known for. So let them grow. If you want to cut them back to make them fuller, do that. But like, let them grow. Let them be free. I also mentioned that these are really amazing patio plants. And I don't know if you understand what patio plants is. I just kind of assume you do. I mean, like, in when you're living in the cold areas of the world, you know, like, hello, Wisconsin. Um, in the summertime, we put plants outside. And then in the winter, we bring them back inside. So, for, like, us Wisconsin people, the asparagus fern grows really, really fast. So you get that immediate satisfaction of having a big patio plant without having to wait like all season long for something to grow. So like some annuals are just like super slow or barely grow and it's like really disappointing, but that one does not disappoint. Just like um another patio plant, if you're looking for ideas, canna lilies are amazing, super fast growing, and you can overwinter them like you can asparagus fern, bring them back out and bam, you have a giant plant again. Okay. I'm done with my rant, but okay, 
How big did they get? I went over that. Space to grow, yeah, width-wise for the most part. How fast do they grow? Really fast. Even in winter, I'm getting big, long stems and a lot of them. In the summer, if you're going to put them outside, they're going to grow even faster because they're going to love the, the change in the temperature and the consistent heat and everything like that. Okay, and my last question, are they a variety of pine at all? Might sound stupid, but their stems look like a softer pine stem. Um, one, no stupid questions in the houseplant community. You could ask me what does watering mean? I'll be like, let me explain. Okay, so no stupid questions. They are not actually a pine, but they are considered a uh, broadleaf evergreen. So they're not actually needles. They are leaves on the plant. I looked it up because I was curious too, and I didn't know 100%. Um, most houseplants are broadleaf evergreens. Broadleaf evergreens are plants that just don't die back in winter. So for example, around Wisconsin, like we have winterberry, euonymus, boxwood, rhododendron that are all technically broadleaf evergreens because they don't die back. There's not a lot of them, let me tell you, but there are some. So this is considered broadleaf evergreen. I don't think that's any closer to being a type of evergreen like pine or spruce or anything, but it does mean it stays green or at least has foliage all year long. So because houseplants are typically natively grown in warmer climates and they usually don't have like a big switch in temperature like we do, usually their foliage is kind of a year-round thing too. So I did find an article, not an article, I found a website, I found a page about asparagus fern through University of Wisconsin, their horticulture extension. So I always like to go to the university pages because they have really accurate information. Lately, I've been noticing that University of Wisconsin-Madison in North Carolina always has good information about houseplants. So I wanted to read to you exactly what they had written down, kind of explaining the leaves and the stems, because they worded it in the best way possible out of all of the resources out there. So um, they said, what appears to be leaves are actually leaf-like clados, and then in parentheses, short, flattened stems that look and function like leaves. These needle-like leaves arise in groups of four to eight from the nodes along the stem. The true leaves are barely visible scales near the base of the clados. Crazy, right? So what you're seeing is a ton of stems, not leaves. So I've been calling them leaves or needles simply because that is the best way to put it. And then if I say the stem and the stem and the stem and the stem, like that's confusing. So that's why I've been saying leaves instead of needles. But just so you know, they're actually stems. I just thought that was so interesting. So I wanted to share that piece of information. But that's kind of all I got for the asparagus fern, guys. I hope I convinced all of you to buy one. They are amazing. If you don't want them in your home because your kids or your pets or something, keep them in the summer. Cut them way the heck back or at least like a good amount so the needles aren't like falling out of the pot necessarily. And then bring them back outside and just watch them grow. Because that would be a great way to do it if you're really concerned about pets or kids or anything. That way you don't have to worry about the big cleanup either. But then you can still have your asparagus fern and enjoy it. Or just buy a smaller one. Keep it up on a table. Make sure you're watering it enough. You should be good. Either way, I'm telling you, these are worth it. They are beautiful. The fact that they are so fast growing is so cool. That's what I got. 
Thank you for listening to episode 50 of Houseplant Homebody, all about asparagus from Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Well, hello. It's me again. Obviously, who else would it be? Wouldn't that be crazy if someone random just popped up here on the end? Like, hello hello that'd be really funny okay anyway i hope you're doing well hope you guys had a great holiday and new year's and everything um i just spent a little bit of time with family and then saw my usual couple of friends we do a board game night with just like two of our friends so we saw that group of people for new year's we made pizzas low-key it was fun um but houseplant homebody had some crazy milestones in 2021 and I'm sure you saw the post already but I wanted to I wanted to share with you that in 2021 the podcast had over 31,000 listens downloads which is crazy because in 2020 when I started Houseplant Homebody I started it I started uploading in April but you know there's still a good amount of the year to get people to listen and I only had 7,000 downloads so it like quadrupled in size the amount of downloads I got which is amazing. I also saw that there were at least 46 countries in which people were listening to it too which is also insane. And I know when I see people on, because I, I can see when people are on the website usually, I've seen so many countries and cities on there too. It's just so cool. So thank you all for continuing to listen. I can't really thank you enough and I'll just keep doing it because this is exactly everything I was expecting it to be and I'm just really excited for the future of House My Homebody and what's coming I know I have really lofty goals because, you know, that's just me. And I will continue to have lofty goals and I will continue to try to balance my personal life, which is really surrounded by plants also, <laughs> but balance like my my new my newish job with this, with getting married, with, you know, trying to see family and everything. So I really appreciate you guys coming along for it and just also being a part of it and commenting, liking, reviewing, subscribing, everything. Like that just makes it so worth it. And I'm just so excited to see what I have 
coming down the road. I actually got some really good Houseplant Homebody related Christmas presents. So I'm very excited to use those, test them out, see how it goes. I'm not going to say what it is yet because I don't want to get your hopes up. Um, but I'm very excited. And then I'm still working with that graphic designer because of the holidays. We just haven't touched base, which is totally fine. So we'll try to get that wrapped up in spring and hopefully I'll have some goodies for you on the website. I know there's like, when you go to my website, there's a store option. Probably people get hopeful and then they're like, oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> so eventually there will be stuff there. I just wanted to set it up ahead of time. Um, so I could set up the supporter side. I kind of had to set it up. So anyway, that's kind of the only update I have right now. Um, I also have a weird personal update that I had just like thought about earlier and it's my wedding year. Um, so Peter and I are getting married in like literally about seven months, which I just find insane. So currently Peter is building me a plant shelf and I bought panel grow lights. Um, I found them, I discovered them through, I don't know if you have heard of the account. I've never talked about her often. It's called, her account is called This Is Drover. Her name is Colby. She's in Canada. Um, but she has these panel grow lights she put um, underneath the shelf for her plants. And um, she keep she kept showing updates and I knew I wanted to get those as soon as I built the shelf someday with Peter. And I bought five of those different panel light sets. And we're going to do five different shelves. And I'm going to put all of my wedding plants underneath them. So hopefully they will get nice and big and full for the wedding. So that's the goal. I also have a ton of room on the shelf to put other stuff too. So like trailing plants where the top isn't as full, like string of hearts and string of pearls and everything. I'm going to put them underneath there too. So um, I'll share that on social media as it's going. I think this weekend, so like before the podcast is released, it'll be done. So maybe I'll make a reel of it or something. You'll have to go back and see then. <laughs> okay. Well, the next episode is going to be about begonia. So this is a fun one. I have a few begonia myself and I'm excited to dive into it because there is a lot of information on that podcast that I'll have to go over probably just varieties and where the heck to start. I don't know, but we'll find out together. So join me in the next one. Episode 51 will be about begonias. Hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>